Hey everybody, welcome back to the Husky Fan Podcast. We're only four, maybe even three days away by the time you're listening to this, to the start of the 2019 Husky season. As always, I'm here with my main man, my bro, my buddy, Jimmy Cornell, brother, how are you? And are you ready to give the listeners what they really want? Are you are you recording? This is live? This is live. It's live, Bill O'Reilly. Oh. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Okay. Well, well, you know, I'm ready to go bananas, as soft as you'd say. We're just ready to go bananas on Saturday. You know, I'm just going to go bananas in the stadiums against the, uh, against the Eastern Eagles, big fighting Eagles game this Saturday. I'm ready to go bananas. Fuck Maybe yeah. party with Dick Fane and get crazy with the crew. At the zone? Before, yeah, throw some, game. Throw back some pops with Dickie Baird, baby. Pre-funk? Pre-funk. Got a pre-funk with Dick Baird. Throw down some pops. Maybe you know, Adidas gear somewhere since it's, like, nowhere to be found. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's just hope they have enough for the players and the uniforms. Yeah, I guess that's all that counts, right? The, the, the players can, can get their unis uh, for the game. Like if you saw Last Chance U season three, like they were, <laughs> Adidas had the wrong jerseys. Last chance, <laughs> they're waiting till crunch time to have their their uniforms, and he bitched out his players real hard. If they ever got caught wearing Nike, it could cost his Adidas contract. He was very worried about his Adidas contract as a coach of this community college. Anyway, I'm sure. I'm sure the players will be in their stripes, in their UCLA uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> what else is bothering you, Jimmy, aside from the uniforms? Because I share your sentiments on that. I'm oh, well, Softy's interview with Jake Hayner, I keep hearing about, oh, what a composed kid. Well, what a great interview. He really showed himself uh, to be a, just a smart guy, and, you know, he's candid about his feelings of uh, what happened. Well... You know, I didn't find the interview to be very impressive, frankly. And, uh, I, I mean, they did it on a, a podcast. I mean, why was Dick Fane even on there? Dick I mean, Fane is mostly unbearable. Yeah, I mean, Softy, just run the interview, man. You're the husky honk. Like, you know, have Hugh on. Um, I, you know, to, to hear him kind of the way he talked about it and his position on why he left the program, which was clearly an emotional decision. Now, I'm sure in the back of his mind, he had the plan if he didn't you know, get the nod as the starter that uh, he was going to leave. Um, but the, the idea that Peterson was splitting hairs between who was going to start has me extremely concerned uh, for the quarterback position. If, if somehow they were in such a tight battle, which seems really hard to believe, but if they were in a really tight situation on whether they were going to name Hayner the starter versus Eason, then, you know, we could have a lost 2019. Ooh, we don't want that. Well, dude, I mean, how many interceptions do you think Hayner threw between fall or spring and fall practice? 15? I mean... Well, I think, if we had to count those, that would take up a good portion of the pod. 
I'm, te- <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it, it's just Peterson's master plan. Hayner was giving the defense tremendous interception practice. I mean, it's funny, but it could be true. That's going to pay off for the defense. He's, I, I like a, he's a jugs machine for the defense. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that was a master plan by Pete. But I really hope that it wasn't. You know, they're like flipping a coin on who was going to be quarterback. I mean, it sure made it sound that way. And then even it goes as far as to say Hayner was going to play in game one, which, you know what, man, I, for anyone that thinks this game's going to be a blowout on Saturday, I don't believe it will be. So I think we'll be like fiddling around for three quarters and just like trying out and tinkering around things and rotating guys. I could see like a, well, we won't get into predictions yet, but you know, I made a call that, you know, Henry probably has three, makes three field goals out of four attempts uh, on, on Saturday. They'll all be in the red zone. They'll all be in the red zone. Um, you can call me a negative, Nancy, but look, Washington generally doesn't blow teams out regardless of the competition. It's not in Pete's nature. I don't know anything about Eastern. I, I know nothing. But you know, at least they'll give their best emotional one-two punch. And uh, being game one, there's a lot of new faces. They'll probably, it'll probably be, you know, it's not going to be a blowout, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. But let's step back and let. Yeah, I know. I'm getting a little. About, yeah, you know, I got to get it all out now, Chess. You got to get it all out now. I got to, you know, I'm just, I'm just rambling. Yeah, well, that, that's a good strategy, especially when you're going number two. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, so quarterbacks, yeah, well, we're going to go position by position, give our thoughts. I mean, I know we've oh, done this please, a couple times, uh, but... Do this again. Let's go. Okay, position by position. Yeah, I, I don't think... I think Peterson was just, when he's talking about this quarterback competition, I think 90% of what he was saying was bullshit. I don't think it was really a close competition. Well, but well, then why does Hayner believe that you know it was it was close? Is that was is he so? In, um, it, I, I think he he in his mind he'd like to think it was close, probably because he got a decent amount of reps. Um, okay, but yeah, it just I don't really believe at the end of the day it was that close of a competition. I mean, you could watch what they were doing and one quarterback was throwing interceptions constantly and another quarterback was not really throwing interceptions was checking the ball down successfully and occasionally had some like NFL type throws like that's kind of uh, what just from what I saw when I was there to what the reports are I don't, yeah. think, I don't think Eason was outstanding, but I, I think he was clearly the better quarterback. And he's, you know, 6'5", yeah. 230 with a rocket yeah. arm. and Gives you the upside. Yeah, I mean, and also a little, a little uh, less downside. I think there's like, and I talked about this in the last pod, but I think there's some thought that like with Eason, um, there's going to be more mistakes. There might be more turnovers. Uh, because he'll take more chances. But it really, like anecdotally and... Uh, quantitatively, it really doesn't. Well, it just, it really, I mean, if you, okay, so he had, I believe, 16, um, 16 touchdowns, eight inter- interceptions as a true freshman. Browning last year was 16 and 10. And his last pass was an interception, but it didn't count because it was on a two point conversion. 
Uh, when you factor in Hayner's interception, I mean, that's 11 for the quarterback. Well, wait, who is the Pacelli threw one, too? So that's 12. So, um, but, but okay, so Easton's last seven games as a true freshman, I mean, he was, he, uh, his numbers really improved. He only had three interceptions in his last seven games. And he had eight touchdowns. Um, Fantastic. I mean, I, I compared Browning's last seven games to Eason's last seven games as a true freshman. And, you know, Browning's numbers were, it's okay, six touchdowns, four picks. But Eason was eight and three, so he was better there. Uh, Browning's completion percentage is 64%, Eason 58%. So I think with Eason, what we're going to see is maybe the completion percentage might go down a little bit. He's not going to be a high 60s guy like Browning was. Um, but, you know, I, I think 60% is a good target. I, I see him ch- checking down a fair amount. But at the same time, I think he's going to, you know, we're going to take lots of shots. and We're going to see lots of deep passes. To who? Bocelli? You throw a lot of deep <laughs> balls to Bocelli? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the receivers. But, uh, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll stick with quarterbacks. Well, so then your backup is 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 your boy Sermon. You're, you're you're high on Sermon. I think you wanted Sermon over Eason, didn't you? No, I think that's somebody else. I I, I mean Sermon. We are hearing he has a ton of upside. I don't know. I mean, I got to tell you, Jimmy. Uh, Sermon I'm hasn't gotten many, huh? Sermon hasn't gotten that many reps, and you know Eason, I believe has as I said, he's been a little injury prone, so that's something that worries me for the season. I think that's if, if our season is going to be derailed, it could be Eason getting injured, missing a couple games, a couple key games, possibly. I'm not predicting it. I'm just saying. Yeah, don't predict that. I don't want to see Jacob Sermon at quarterback this year. Uh, Mop-up duty, fine. Starting quarterback, not this year. Absolutely. Uh, so... I don't, you know, we could make a lot of uh, assumptions about what we're going to see come Saturday, but we're not going to know till then. It's going to be a lot of guessing games. Maybe they'll come out with something completely different. Maybe, maybe they'll simplify this thing so that it's not hard. But give, okay, give me your, well, give me your outlook for Easton's season. What, what are you expecting? Are you expecting first or second team all conference? Uh, honorable mention. What I mean. What? How do you see it playing out? Uh, honorable mention. So he'll, not, be, he'll be decent, but not great. Yeah, that's probably. I think. I, I think he'll have a decent year, and I think his senior year, assuming all goes well, he'll have a much better senior campaign. So, like Carson Palmer, that's the potential analog. Yeah, I just don't. I don't have enough of them to to know. I mean, you know, when you get the five star rating, you sh- you should be a can't miss prospect. I don't know that Easton's a can't miss prospect. I just don't know enough about him. We're gonna get a good long look. I mean, there obviously there's the Georgia season. Is it the layoff that concerns you? Not playing for two years. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, that's part of it, and you know, the the sample set's small. Um, you know, so a lot of it can depend on what he's been doing with that two years of time. 
but he's clearly not a, like a five star flame out. Well, you can't say that yet, for sure. But if you saw some of the throws he made as a true freshman, uh, I saw him. I saw him, but Fromm beat him out. I know injury played a part. In Wait, that, hold on. He... Fr- yeah, fr- actually, Eason beat out Fromm that season. And right, yes, but Fromm eventually. So, I mean, that's something we have to keep in mind that Eason, when they were competing, Eason did win the job over Fromm. And, and Fromm eventually, you know, almost won the national championship. So, of course, you have to stick with that guy. But also, let's put it this way Fromm is really fucking good. I mean, <laughs> if it was Fromm and Justin Herbert, Fromm would be the quarterback. No. You know, Fromm would be the best quarterback in the conference. So, it's not like he lost out his, he lost his job to some average quarterback. Fromm is really good. He's been killing it in the SEC. So, and Eason beat him out to begin with. And then I know the injury and all that, but... Um, all I'm saying is he couldn't get his job back. That's all. I like... I get it. Fromm's good. It's not like he was uh, going up against Hayner. Jake Hayner. I mean, he was going against Fromm. He balled out. I get it. Yeah, he beat him out at the start of his second year. Yeah, no, I get it. I so, get it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think we'll see Eason. I think... I mean... If you're going to bet on something, I bet on honorable mentions, possibly even second team. With, but he does have the potential to really have but that. Just, here's the thing. Listen, season. look. Here's the thing. The problem, another problem with this whole scenario, is that Peterson's offense has sucked, except for 2016 when they had generational talent at wide receiver, and they had Miles Gaskin. And they had, you know, Trey, they hit lightning in a bottle with Trey Adams. All the pieces fell into place. Before that, stinky. After that, stinky. I mean, that's the other thing. They haven't really, I mean, he hasn't really recruited very well at the quarterback position, obviously. Uh, you know, they don't have a true quarterback coach. Now, I get it. Peterson and Hamden both played the position. But they don't have like a Steve Axman, just a quarterback's coach. Bring in and, Steve Axman. <laughs> remember good old Steve Axman? He's co- he's still coaching. He coached with the New Heights in that uh, that failed league. Yeah. But but anyway, uh, that's another component. Like I I don't know that you know the coaching staff offensively is going to put Eason in the best position to perform. Again, I don't know, but I'm just going off what we do know of history and what we've experienced. I'm just skeptical. Right. No, I, I, you're, you're, you're not skeptical of the players. You're skeptical that the coaches are going to be able to unfuck the offense that they fucked, basically. Yeah. And and they re, you know they got bailed out by Miles Gaskin a lot of time, right? And they had some really good playmakers. And they have – let me let – bluntly – this conference is not like it's not an amazing conference. It's, it's pretty a, weak right now. It's not a great conference right now. It's not like they're going up against top tier teams week in week out. So this team obviously the expectations are high. They have 42 what four stars on the roster now, which I believe eclipses Clemson at the moment. Clemson, however, has 10 five-stars, and we have only one. So that's a big difference. That's a massive difference. That's that's a huge... Uh, that's I mean, a huge... A f- yeah, a five-star is probably worth two or even three four-stars. <sighs> Damn, three four-stars? Yeah, okay. Well, 
I'm, I'm not going to argue with on that, Chess. You got the analytics and the data down. And the well, I, I, no, I, I think I, I'm, you know, someone could figure that out. Sure. Uh, but it's just. I get your point. I mean, it's, is it, you know, a four-star could be Byron Murphy or it could be, you know, Ty Jones, for example. Sure. You know, there's like a, there's a big difference between four five and a five-star is like, you know, the guy's elite. Yeah. So. Yeah. But here's here's one here's one hope that I have. I mean, I'll talk about the talent angle later. But I guess one hope is that now that Eason's the quarterback, um, they're going to have to dumb down the offense. Not not because Eason's dumb, but just because you know he's not Jake Brown. He hasn't been there for five years. You know, in the film room all the time with uh, learning and mastering the quantum physics offense. So they maybe they just have to keep things simple. Yeah, that that might be. I might actually be a benefit let's hope to god that that's just my hope let's get off the quarterback position because we got a long ways to go but it's, okay yeah no you're right so yeah quarterback easton stays healthy we're gonna be fine we're gonna see a big upgrade there i think we both agree um running backs it's gonna be very interesting jimmy you know the de- i think the depth chart had McGrew number two. Okay, we yep. know what Savon can do. A lot of people are talking to him as a breakout guy. I think he's one of the five key breakout guys for the team. I mean, if Savon really kills it, I mean that that's going to really help the offense. Um, we, you know, we need we need playmakers on offense, and he, he's a guy who he's a playmaker. So hopefully, um, hopefully he can break out. I, he will break out. You know, I've yeah, been fuck, yeah, I like it, Jimmy. Yeah, I, I've been I've been tooting this kid's horn for a long time. I'm a fan. You know, everyone's you know he he could be, he could have been an elite DB. A lot of people said he was going to be a DB. Then a lot of people said he couldn't be a running back after they saw him. He's soft. He couldn't play the position. He can't run between the tackles. I think all those things are false. I think he can run between the tackles. I think he can run outside the tackles. I think he can catch the ball. I think he will have all the opportunities to get the bulk of the carries. And I think they're going to feed him, and they're going to feed him a lot, and they're going to put McGrew in passing situations. And uh, they got some depth, too. So they're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of talent at the running back position, but I think Ahmed's going to be the man. He's going to own that position this year. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Ahmed's numbers, and obviously if you watch, watch him, I mean, he's a guy who... He gets a lot of big plays. He gets yards and bunches, even in the pass game as well. Yep. So I want, yeah, I want to bring up his 2018. You know, the only games where he wasn't effective, um, you know, he actually did a good job against Auburn, seven carries for 36 yards. Uh, the first Utah game, I think he was injured. You know, UCLA game, he struggled a little bit, but he had a key reception. Cal game, he struggled. Uh, and then in the Rose Bowl, he struggled a little bit in the run game. Utah, he had eight carries for 28 yards in the Pac-12 championship. But but every other game, Jimmy, I mean, he was, I don't want to say he was unstoppable, but every other game, he's you know, a problem for the defenses. And if, I mean, if he gets better and he takes his game to the next level, then we can see him do more damage against the Utahs and the Cows and the well, USC's. Well, I, I believe he was struggling with some... Uh, hamstring issues which i think are behind him uh so i i i think his ceiling is incredibly high uh and he's gonna be a, he's gonna be a true game game breaker for this offense i'm excited to see what he can do 
And Christian Capel had a some advanced stats regarding uh, Savon, and he's fine running between the tackles. Like there's not, yeah, exactly. but he, he's he's really good running outside. So yeah. I mean, we'll get to the offensive line, but you know those stretch plays where he he yep. can have some room to work to the outside. That's where he can do a lot of damage. One hundred percent. Without it. Also, McGrew. I mean, McGrew. I think is going to be huge in the pass game. The the scrimmage. Uh, that I saw from what other people have reported. Um, Eason, he, he likes to check down. And McGrew, so I think we're going to see McGrew get quite a few more catches. Jimmy, he had key catches against Oregon and Cal. I mean, without his efforts, we aren't in a position to win both those games. So it's, it's just unfortunate we lost both because people forget about McGrew's contributions in both those games. But he had key receptions in both those games. So yeah, I mean let let I'm looking for him as you are to get some reps in the pass game. He's gonna be a tough guy out of the backfield. And I think, you know, the Pleasant's gonna get carries and I think Cam Davis sees the field. I think there's gonna be uh I think there's a lot of excitement around that position for this program right now. You forgot about Richard Dick Newton. Well Gosh darn it! How could I? Have? Yeah, and look, I really liked him in the spring. I think he showed great burst, good, uh, good vision. Uh, I think I think Dick Newton's going to be a stud. I, I, I really like uh, the running back uh, group that they have right now. Me too. I think they're going to be really tough. In uh, last year, our running game statistically. I'm not diminishing the efforts of, of Miles Gaskin, but our running game statistically, we had less big plays than we had the, the years prior. So I, I think the run game, and you factor in Eason, his ability to throw and stretch the field, I think we're going to see a better running game this year than last year. Well, and I think part of that, obviously, is that <laughs> what we discussed, that the opposing defenses, they know that they essentially didn't have to cover portions of the field because they knew that Browning couldn't push the ball there. So the defense is just not going to have the luxury of, of sitting on routes and not worrying about limitations. Like Eason is going to make, if, if they, the bottom line is that Eason can make them pay uh, with the deep ball. So you start chucking some, you know, some, longer passing routes, hitting deep balls. That's only going to help everything else, especially the run game, intermediate routes. Uh, so they're going to put his ability is going to, is going to put a lot more pressure on the defense, which we have not seen uh, in four years. Now, John Ross provided a lot of pressure on the defense. Now we get to have a quarterback that's going to put a unique uh, pressure that we just haven't been able, we haven't watched. And what's gonna what's gonna happen, Jimmy, after the first deep ball touchdown from Eason? <laughs> Remind me, blanking. Well, so I think you've been saying that after the first deep ball touchdown from Eason, that's gonna be a sign to defenses like, oh. Oh, oh shit, now we're gonna have to defend the whole field. Yeah, it's not like they're gonna. Yeah, they're gonna have to you know, wake up from their slumber and uh, pay attention about what's going on. <laughs> I mean, I think there was even opposing. I think Ohio State talked about it. 
I can't remember. Some some D- DBs were discussing after one of the games about that they knew the limitations that were in front of them, so they didn't have to necessarily worry about a whole lot. I mean, that's just not going to be the case. But the test is going to come early. They're going to face Cal, who's going to come in cocksured. And so, you know, we might get a little uh, taste against Eastern, but we're going to learn a lot in week two. But, Jimmy, do you know that Cal's offense has scored as many touchdowns against the Washington defense as you and I have in its last two games? (laughs) Hey, fair assessment. I still think it's going to be a game. We're jumping ahead. I know we're going. Let's get to the next position group. Okay, wide receiver. Listeners, you know, they're waiting to hear it all, man. Okay, wide receiver. And uh, please visit bowdown2washington.com. That's the number two, bowdown2washington.com. Great article there by Airwolf uh, talking about how we need people to step up at the receiver position. Um, obviously, having Eason and a stronger arm, you know, that can also help. Uh, you know, we'll get to we'll get to tight end after, but receiver position, Jimmy. I mean, we've really been counting on Ty Jones to have a breakout season, and you know, his arm is in a sling. We saw that photo. It it just doesn't look like it's going to happen for him this year. Unlikely. It looked like it was a thumb injury of some kind. Obviously, they have in the depth chart. That's why. You- I mean, I don't know how seriously you can take a Peterson depth chart, uh, especially on the defensive side because of the way they move guys around. But, I mean, you got Bocelli as your starter. My favorite. Yeah. Along with, obviously, Fuller and then Chico. Um, So, we'll see a a lot of rotation, I think, at the receiver position. Uh, I think Osborne's going to get some is going to get some play. Obviously, Bynum's going to. They're going to move guys around, um, but hopefully, we see some of the younger talent start overtaking some of the older talent. It'll be it'll be a, a very interesting position group to to pay attention to. I know, like from your ask your position on uh, Spiker, is that. You know, he's not quite there physically. The rumors are that his confidence has waned some. Um, But I think he's got a lot of... I think he's going to get a chance. And then maybe he's one of those guys that gets in a game and becomes a gamer. And maybe it boosts his confidence a little bit. But that rotation of wide receiver is going to be interesting to watch uh, this year unfold. I just realized on Twitter I, I did at J.E. Cornell, but you don't have uh, – that's not your Twitter. J.E.C. Dog. J-E-C. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, man. As you know, I've been moving the last couple of days, so I don't know where my mind is. I apologize about that. But, uh, yeah, receiver, you know, I, I just think I, – I do have hope that the – Seniors can be good against most of the teams, but you know you you want to see a real alpha attitude out of the offense. I mean, our pounds Pacelli and uh, Fuller. I just when these guys are lining up against Oregon, Stanford, USC, I just I mean, are they going to be confident? 
Or I think are they gonna, Fuller, are they gonna wilt and wither? I, I think Fuller is. I mean, opera singer, your boy, opera singer. You know, he kind of came on near the end, and they throw a lot of that tunnel screen stuff to him. Um, I, hopefully, he's making a big leap. I, we'll see. We'll, Peterson's big about guys stepping up from their yeah. junior to senior year. Yeah, and that's one thing with these wide receivers. I know we've dogged on them, but okay, let's let's see these three guys. Like, all right, let's let's see you take your game to the next level. I like Fuller. I think Fuller's going to be fine this year. I agree. Fuller's the best. He's pro- he's proven he's a solid receiver. He just he just disappeared a little bit last year at times, and hopefully, the combination of having a better quarterback with a better arm and him maybe having an offseason natty, maybe that gets him to the next level where he is not going to have games where he disappears this year. Because if he doesn't disappear in games, then yes, he's a solid, you know, potentially all-conference wide receiver. He did put up big numbers last year. He, and he had some unbelievable catches. Uh, he he has really good, you know, sense of his awareness on the field. Uh, he can go up and get balls. He had that amazing one-handed catch. I mean, he's he's a playmaker. He's he's made a lot of big plays. Like you said, the consistency's got to be there for him. Easton and him have got to develop that that uh, you know that chemistry that you want out of a wide receiver quarterback. So we'll we'll find out who Skinny likes uh, from the position group and who he favors because he's you know. Most quarterbacks always have that go-to guy. So we'll see who he kind of leans on early, especially uh, if the game's on the line or there's a big third down needed. Uh, we'll start getting an idea of where Easton wants to put the ball and and who to. Yeah. Fuller, and Fuller's got to be our dumb position. ball. It could, it, could be, it could be the tight end position that uh, Easton feels most comfortable with. It might not be a wide receiver that he has the best chemistry with. It could be a tight end, man. It could be a check down. It could be a running back. You like, never know. like our our buddy at Huskies Fan ninety one likes to say, Fuller has got to be our Doug Baldwin. Oh well, we'll you know we'll see. But okay, before, you know, and I I don't Pound, Quentin Pounds. I mean, he's actually made some great catches. The problem is he always gets hurt. So I could see him, you know, making like a couple of great deep ball acrobatic catches because he's done it before. However, no, you kind of you kind of want to see something out of Pounds. You like yeah, his yeah. ability. You've liked his game. He, he's he's actually a legit deep threat. I mean, the problem is he's gotten hurt every year. Sure. So, well, so can, it, again, like consistency, and you know, you, you want to be considered a good player and all conference guy. You you have to do it like ten or eleven weeks out of the season. I'm not saying Pounds is going to be an all conference guy, but it just if you can be a deep ball presence. And you can last the whole season and not get hurt. I mean that—that's huge. Well, of course. I mean, maybe this is his lucky year. Chess. He has a breakout year, and you know. Well, I, I think as far as the seniors, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I think as far as the seniors, okay. the most like realistic. So we know that Ty Jones. We're looking. You know, this could kind of be a redshirt year for him, possibly. Yeah, who knows? Maybe it will. Be, maybe it won't. of the injury. It's a little early. Correct. But I, I feel like. You know, the seniors, Chico, I mean, it sounds like Chico could be back to his 2016 form. I mean, Chico and Aaron Fuller, realistically, maybe those two can be the guys that can take the next step. It's it's quite possible. 
And but I, I also like buying them a lot. Yeah, I think like I said, I think we're gonna see a lot of rotation with these guys, and there's gonna be competition throughout the entire year. So we'll see how it rolls. But at this pace, Chess, we're gonna be here all night. <laughs> well, okay, fine. Yeah, final comment. Yeah, it looks like Osborne's ahead of Spiker. Osborne, he looks very technically gifted. I said that uh, last week. Like the writer we know, Derek Johnson, DerekJohnsonBooks.com with a K. Shout out to Derek. Um, Puka Nakua. So, yeah, look for him to do some damage later in the season. I mean, true freshman, Jimmy, you give him a little time early, you know, and, and then they get a little more time, and then it, that's really when they make their impact at the end of the season. Like, remember Kaysen, remember uh, Hunter Bryant, those guys as true freshmen. So hopefully they'll give Puka enough time early in the season where he can be improved and, you know, potentially compete for the starting job in the second half of the season. Because he's an alpha. Starting. You want to see him starting. I just want to see him getting enough run out there so he can improve and then push the guys who are in front of him, like push the seniors. Well... Absolutely. No. Sorry, I was going to say, do you want to take us to tight ends? <laughs> sure, I can take us to tight ends. Um, now, I know Pete and his presser kind of put a little heat on that position group. Obviously, he likes what they have there. They have uh, the, tight, the, the talent at the top, very strong, obviously, with Hunter, though, who appears to be injury-prone. Um. And then, of course, Kate Otten, who came on strong second half of the year. Very good group there, uh, though Hunter, you know, it's, appears to have an ankle situation. Uh, if he stays healthy, they're just fine. Then I think Kaiser's back from his back injury. And then they have that Luciano kid who moved from offensive line to tight end. And Devin, not... Devin Culp also. Who's, who's, oh, yeah. Looks like Culp. he's going to be really good. Yeah, Devin Culp, obviously. Um, so, you know, if, if Hunter has issues with his ankle, though, you might have to call on Culp, uh, this, this year, uh, more than maybe you had planned on. So, um, but assuming he stays healthy, it's the tight end position set with Otten and Hunter. And, uh, we, we know what Hunter can do. I, I frankly hope he doesn't play against Eastern and they keep him uh, out one more week. You know, for the Cal game, they might play him just a tiny bit just to get him a little bit ready for Cal. Because some, you know, sometimes they need to get a little bit of a run. They can't just jump in there and be at, be a hundred percent right away. Okay, how, how many plays would you like to see out of Hunter? Break it down for Eastern. How how, how many plays would you like to see him for Saturday? I don't know. Catch a couple passes. See how he is, but I, I don't. May, maybe I, I think someone was posting on the bow down to Washington board. He might be kept out until Cal. Well, I mean, do you want to see a series? Do you want to see three plays, five plays? I wish I could see him for the whole game, but you know, I, the coaches know best. They know what to do best with his health. You you want to see him play a full game against Eastern? Well, as a fan, that's what I'd like to see. But I, I'm not a doctor, Jimmy, and I don't know his injury situation. So, but, but as a fan, you would like to see him for all four? Because I frankly d- don't want to see him playing all four quarters against Eastern. 
Okay, then maybe just a little bit. You know, give him one or two throws. And let's just say real quick, if if Hayner had stayed, I don't think Hayner would have come in against Eastern. Eastern. I think Eastern would end up playing all four quarters. Yeah. So I mean, here's the thing: if Hunter Bryant stays healthy, you know, if you get, if you get Savon taking the next step. You get Hunter staying healthy. We get a little bit more out of our senior wide receivers. You know, that that's going to be the difference for the offense. But, but we don't know. I mean, is, is Hunter going to be healthy? Are the, can the senior wide receivers elevate themselves out of Jag status? Uh, that, I mean... Help, buddy. Put it in your notebook. We'll, we'll revisit it halfway through the year. Th- yeah, those are the... Those are the keys, and you know, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm more optimistic given given uh, East and, and the talent we have because I do think we have superior talent now on offense compared to the last two years. Offensive line, obviously, it's looking good. I mean, well, let's get the offensive lines. I mean, Trey, defense. I, I think your breakout guy on the line is going to be Kirkland. Oh yeah, that's, I think that's a. Say, that's a safe guess. Yeah, he's a, for, I think he's a freshman All-American by Pro Football Focus. Yeah. You know, Trey Adams, people, I mean, we know what he can do. If, again, if he's healthy, that's huge. Nick, yeah. Nick Harris Three, Nick four. Harris is even getting some. Uh, Listen. Uh, yeah, go ahead. They list him at 314. I thought he was playing too heavy at 325. To me, he looked too big when he got hurt. Granted, I mean, if you saw his injury, I don't know that his weight would have made any difference in that situation. But I, I like him at a leaner weight now. Then three thirty is just too heavy for him, person, in my opinion. But that's in fact true. He's three fourteen. I think that bodes well for him uh, this year. I think he'll be. I think he'll have a great year. So it sounds like the coaches should have listened to you. Uh, well, of course, but. Coaches have massive egos. They're not going to listen to fans. They, there's no bigger ego base than football coaches. What's interesting is uh, Henry Bainavalu. Like some people were looking for him to. <coughs> excuse me, sorry. Some people are looking for him to uh, overtake Hilbers and be a starter because, at least according to the offensive line room, Henry B has the most talent. But he's not even on the depth chart, Jimmy, so I, I don't know what to make of that. Uh, I think Pete was asked about that, wasn't he? And he said he's he's making progress. Yeah, the same canned ham response. Yeah. yeah. Well. He's mastered coach speak. I was pretty happy on the recruitment and the film of Victor Kern. Or is that Kernay? Do you have a pronunciation you prefer? Whatever you prefer, bro. Well, I like Kern. Anyway, I mean, he's backing up Hilbert's at right tackle um, at six three three twenty, which is interesting. Generally, I, th- I mean, I thought Kern looked like a prototypical guard, but they got Melee at backing up Kirkland and backing up Harris, and then you got MJ Ale behind Wattenberg. I, I was, I believe, I believe that's Ale. Ale, excuse me, Ale. Um, I guess I was a little surprised to see Kern backing at right tackle because I also thought that's where you would have saw Bainy Valu. Yeah. Bainy Valu. Is that right? Bainy Valu? I, I believe it is. So, I mean, what do you make of that? 
Um, I don't know if they're motivating him or what I make of that is, you know, maybe he's not good enough to be the backup yet. Maybe he's being lazy. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see who goes out there late in the game, assuming we're ahead by a comfortable margin. Yeah, it's a big assumption. Okay, so offense, Jimmy, I mean, this is wrapping it up. Again, what the coaches do, can they simplify it? Can we see the senior wide receivers make a leap? Can Hunter stay healthy? Um, The presence of Eason. Uh, There's potential here to have a really good offense, but there's also reasons for skepticism. That's how I see it. And what do you see as the biggest portion of the offense giving you skepticism? I mean, I think the point that you make and other people make about the coaching is kind of legit because Peterson, I mean, he in the last seven, eight years, he's really only had one good offense, and we've documented how the 2016 offense wasn't all that great when it played good defenses. So basically we're pinning it down onto the coaches and what they can do offensively. Do you think Peterson, now seriously, do you think Peterson's hearing the criticisms about his offense? Oh, for sure. And and what, how do you think in his mind he breaks that down? Uh, you know, I, I'm not really sure. I just think that I mean, me having confidence in the offense, because I do have some confidence in the offense, I think the hope this year is probably that we have better talent and that should make a difference. But, I mean, if there's issues again, then, you know, Peterson's going to have to bring in an offensive coordinator and just GTFO as far as the offense. No, because they, they have the talent where the offense should be performing. Well, someone it seems like someone has to tell him that he's got to get out of the way of the offense. It's going to be very interesting to see, you know, what's different the first game with respect to the offense. Well, <laughs> though, quickly, who do you think would tell Peterson, hey, look, you need to step away? Well, I mean, we're seeing he he makes changes. I mean, he doesn't do it as quickly as we'd like. But if you look at the social media thing, I mean, by the way, did you like that uh, that video of Pete job shadowing him for a day, essentially? Say that again. The video of Pete. Are, are you falling asleep, Jimmy? No. Are the lutes kicking in. Because my lutes are kicking in a little bit. Come on, man. We gotta gotta go hard here and finish this. Dude, I'm I'm all about it. Listen, you're all, you're all I jacked up. Question. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Um, what did I, what was my question? Like, I just forgot. Okay, yeah, Peterson. Did you see the, the video of him, like on the boat? You know, it, it was job shadowing him for a day. Yeah, a life, emotional video. Life of Pete. Yeah, I saw. He, he never would have. You couldn't imagine him doing that a year or two ago. So Peterson does know how to make changes. You know, he's done it with recruiting. Typically, he does it, you know, later than the fans like us would like. Well, I mean, I, I think that was a great 
uh, insight. I love the fact that he uh, walks in and looks at Don James every day. That's pretty badass. He's got the tradition. He's got the Starbucks machine. He's got to have a Starbucks. Um, I'm sure Softy loves that one. Yeah, because he hates Howard. But yeah, I thought the video was great, man. I think it's a great recruitment tool. Shows you, you know, Peterson can have fun. He's a good guy. Works his ass off. Guy's got amazing energy for his age. Working all that, all those hours. Yeah. yeah, he's a very likable guy. A guy you'd want to work for and play for. Absolutely. I mean, and that's another real quick to touch on Hayner. Like he's he walked away from a top ten program, not only from a football perspective, but from a school, from an atmosphere. He's never going to get that anywhere else. Any other school he goes to across the country, he's not going to get that same experience. He's not going to get that level of. Uh, of care and, and the insights that Peterson brings to the table. He's never going to capture that anywhere else. And and I don't want to be a dick, but I, I, Fresno State is a half. I know they could be shitty again, but I, I don't think Hayner is going to be the starting quarterback at Fresno State. Like, I, I mean, he was. He won't. He's not going to be. Yeah, he's not a Division One quarterback. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and like, then, he's going to be on the bench there. He should have just stayed at UW and, and rode the bench. And maybe Pete was even going to possibly give him game reps against Eastern. I, I 100% understand. I mean, that's what Brock Hewitt said. One play away doesn't matter in college football anymore. And anyone says that about Easton and Georgia, but that was not the same situation. He stuck out an entire year behind Fromm. Uh, I, did, I think they recruited another five-star quarterback the next year, too. Was that the um, Justin Fields kid who's now at Ohio State? Yeah. Um, was Fields at, at Georgia? Yeah. I think so. But or, you know what? If anybody deserved a hardship, it was Eason. Like, that's a legitimate hardship. You know, you miss an entire year because of injury. Yeah, no. So he actually... Yeah, just in all these articles, I mean, there was some from some... Idaho paper today. I don't know if you saw that. People were talking about it on Twitter. I mean, it was just a, a piece of shit. Not even worth like wiping your ass with the paper it's printed on. It was a horrible article. <laughs> Trying to well, paint Peterson as some bad guy. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It was just total horseshit. He was completely fair to Hayner. Hayner didn't even deserve any fucking reps. Hey, you, I'm you sorry. let him have it. You should write him an email. Let him know your true feelings. Yeah, and then and then the uh, okay. There's this uh, former Oregon player on Twitter, George Wrightster. Oh, oh please, that guy me. is fucking awful. I'm sorry. Like, I I, I want to engage with him positively. He picked Oregon to win the conference for like the third year in a row, and he tweeted something about Pete being you know backhanded or not doing the right thing with Yankoff. I mean, buddy. Just, you, you know, you, if, if you want to be taken seriously as a pundit, you got to be more impartial than that. Well, he got blown up. He got blown up for that call. I mean, that was a bad take. Yeah, no, he's, he's, that guy is just a troll, man. Don't let that guy get to you. <laughs> All right, should we talk about the defense, our favorite yeah. subject? 
Dude, yeah, we got to wrap well, this up. Uh, Jimmy, what are we going to do? I mean, I heard that we lost up? 10 starters on defense. I heard we, we lost our entire defense. Are we even going to be playing a defense this year? We <laughs> yeah. lost all our guys, right? Yeah, look, I mean, who, who, who had that really bad take we talked about of our defense? Was it Conley? McMurphy. No, McMurphy. Oh, man. Even that, Yeah, even Wilner was at it, who's usually half decent. Yeah, that was rough. I mean, that's just not doing any research. Like, that's just like, oh, they missing so many starters. Oh, no shot. But they've recruited so well. The defense has been solid. They've, a lot of times people say, oh, we're going to lose Kikaha. We're going to lose Shaq Thompson. Defense might be good. Boom. Right back at it. Yeah, we're going to lose. Oh, we lose Vita Vea. We lost this guy. Yeah. No, I mean, granted, there's there's some question marks. I mean, I think hey, your boy Miles Rice made the two deeps, though. We'll get to that. But, I mean, Bowman's going to have to pick it up this year. Um, I mean, Josiah Bronson's listed as a starter over Benning, which I, you know, was frankly surprising. Uh, but I think from the defensive front standpoint, I'm not really concerned who's listed as a starter and who's second, the way they're going to rotate guys and the way they move around guys. So, I, again, I, Pete's depth chart, grain of salt. I mean, we already know we expect Levi to have a potential All-American type year. Um, we, we'll see Thule. We want to really see gauge him on his uh, impact this year. And then, obviously, Benning's move. I hope to see more Benning than Josiah. Uh, and I hope Bowman... Uh, has a rebound year, and then obviously want to see what Tryon can bring to the table. You, you table your boy Manu, though he's back in the fold. <laughs> uh, I mean, we've talked about it ad nauseum. I mean, Wellington's got to obviously stay healthy as the anchor of the linebacking group, and uh, I, I have no concerns, I, I, and I don't think you either about the secondary. I mean, from all accounts, it looks phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, Miles Bryant was a second-team All-League guy last year. Elijah Molden was All-League as far as special teams. Uh, I know that doesn't mean it's going to immediately translate uh, to being a cornerback, but, uh, I mean, I think Molden, I mean, I, I know that you're a big fan of his. Oh, yeah. Um, he, he's, he's a guy who looks ready to really bust out. You know, I like Miles Bryant being a rover. Um, and the corners, uh, I mean, Kyler Gordon... Led the uh, led the yeah. team in interceptions during yes. the camp. I mean, him and Keith Taylor, or even the times when we have Keith Taylor in there and Dom Hampton. I mean, those are some big ass corners that can just manhandle wide receivers. And then you got Trent McDuffie in the two deep, according to the depth chart, whose film was fantastic out of high school, highly regarded recruit. Big time get uh, McDuffie. I, I'd like to see McDuffie uh, in the special teams role at punt returner um, or even kickoff. A guy's got a guy has the ability to make some big time plays. Yeah. So I mean, looking at the defense, I think the keys are Wellington staying healthy and then getting a breakout season from Joe Tryon and the other guys on the outside. And you just want to see the defensive line 
be efficient, right? I mean, want to be leave have Levi be solid. You just want that D line to just do their job, make the life easier for the linebacking group who's going to need some. You know, the frankly they're going to need some help from the D line, and I think they're going to have a rotation strong enough to to provide that help. Yeah, I th- I think with. With, uh, so, did the depth chart show Manu ahead of Jackson Sermon? It does. Because the intel that um, one of us at Bow Down to Washington got, I don't know if he reported it or not, is that um, Sermon is going to be getting like at least 60% of the reps there. Well, yeah. I mean, we'll see. We know, we know the coaching staff likes to rotate early. They couldn't afford to do it last year, so we didn't see as much of it. But, uh, you know, obviously Beavers having to retire really hurt hurt the rotation. Um, I mean, think of the linebacking crew if you had DJ Beavers. How, how would you feel about it just knowing that one guy was available to this group? You'd feel so much better. You'd feel a lot better. I mean, Beavers, he's a good player. I mean, that guy was solid. He came in for Azeem, and, like, that defense didn't really miss a beat with him. So just that, just having one other guy yeah, basically changed your entire perception of the linebacking group. So, that, I mean, that that's a loss. Experience, the guy who played in a playoff game. When he played in there, he was never a liability at the position. Um, his presence, like, that actually won't, that could... That one could be felt in the linebacking group. I mean, I mean, remember last year we were saying, you know, BBK, like, he can't get hurt because we just we didn't have a lot of depth there. I mean, now we have Ulo Focio. I mean, uh, uh, the guy who did great on special teams. Yeah. You know, we have, well, Calvert got hurt. There's Jackson Sermon. You know, Danny, Danny the Hammer, Hyde Mooley. Yeah. Uh, those guys are gonna. Some of those guys are gonna have to play, but still, nevertheless, if Wellington can stay healthy, like please God, let him stay healthy for the whole year. I mean that that's gonna be huge for that defense because if he can stay healthy, I really don't see a weakness on that defense. The secondary is gonna be fine. Maybe we'll get a little bit of a regression just because last year, I mean Taylor Rapp and Byron Murphy were so damn good. Jordan Miller as well. Um, look, man, look, the, the rotation at a linebacker, there's some concerns. Like, I really like Nata, but he's light. Um, he's a great pass rusher, but he's probably going to have issues in the run game. Like, that's the real question. Yeah, I, I mean, you have Manu and Sermon. Uh, I mean, Sermon hasn't played. He played special teams. Um, I mean, that that's going to be... A grouping where I think you have a weakness. I think that group is a weakness. I mean, my my hope is that the secondary can be like 90% as good as it was last year. The defensive line is a little bit better. Wellington stays healthy. And then you get a real breakout as far as Joe Tryon and, you know, the other pass rushers like Nagata. And I think, you know, that's the recipe for the defense. Maybe even being a little bit better than it was last year. Well, your boy, uh, your boy Miles Rice must have had a decent fall camp to be listed. I mean, they we didn't hear anything about him or nothing. Well, I mean, you know what the depth chart. We'll see. 
yeah. we'll see who, who gets the run out there. And, and also in the first, you're going to have a lot of seniors who are going to play in the first game who are probably going to see reduced playing time in week two or week three and four. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, obviously... Yeah, so how do you feel about the defense overall compared to last year? Can it be about the same? Is there potential for it to be a little better, or should we expect it on the whole to be a little bit worse? I mean, obviously losing gains and all his experience hurts, but I mean, I think I think Levi is going to end up being a better player than Gaines. For sure. When all is said and done. He's a first or second round pick. Yeah, I think Levi is going to have such a big impact on the defense that uh, I think they're going to have a they're going to have a bump up, especially with um, the secondary guys. I mean, a lot of those guys have played. Obviously, Cameron Williams hasn't, but if he's already inserted himself as a starter, uh, we've seen how good <laughs> some other guy was coming in as a true freshman uh, in the secondary. And then with Miles Bryant's experience, uh, you know, Keith Taylor's played a lot. Kyler Gordon's just a freak. I mean, that guy's such a good athlete. Um, if he has some, you know, errors early, he has a lot of uh, athletic upside to really cover some of his uh, deficiencies if we see them early. And then obviously Dom and, uh, you know, Molden is just primed to be outstanding, so... I think the defense is going to be better. Do you think it will be? It can even be better than last year. I think it can be. Yeah, I think I think with Levi. Um, so your reason your reasoning is probably no drop off in the secondary, uh, and the defensive line will be better, and the pass rush should be better. Yeah, I think you're going to get a bump. I, I just think you have a better rotation of talent at the defensive line position. Um, linebackers key obviously is like we had stated is health um, and so I think you know what Tryon's gonna you know came on at the end I think he's gonna provide well we don't put a lot of heat from the edge so it'll be interesting to see if we change any of that with him because we haven't really necessarily had a guy like that since since Kikaha where we felt like we really had a true edge rusher um, so yeah, I, mean, I think with that that component and, it, and his uh, his ability to level up throughout the year, um, I think yeah, I think the defense can make a bump, and I, obviously health is going to play a big factor. Yeah, I mean, I think a healthy Wellington he can push for all conference honors. Yeah, I think that's that's probably in in his sights. Uh, I, I think I think Benning also too. He's got a shot. Honorable mention, I guess. Yeah, I I, I think uh, I think. You know, obviously they're listing Josiah as the starter, but I think Benning's going to get a lot of play. Yeah, and I think with Tryon, I don't know if he's going to have this massive breakout season and be like an All-American, but I, I, think, I no. think he has potential to at least be an All, like an honor, at least get honorable mention. Because he doesn't, he's not super fast, quick twitch, but I think he's kind of, he's kind of in the middle where... Someone with zero quick twitch to a super fast guy who's like an all-American. I, I, you know, I think he's probably closer to the middle, but I do think, you know, we're going to see him get six, seven, eight sacks this year. 
Well, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, and I think I think Nagata too, because I mean he he he's an incredible pass rusher. I mean he's tough to handle. He can really get to the quarterback. Yeah, I think uh, you know they haven't had these guys since uh, what Littleton and Feeney. How are we going to replace Littleton and Feeney? Yeah, <laughs> we're not going to be able to. It's over. So yeah, I think overall we're going to get a bump in defense. Um, which, you know, just <laughs> comes back to, you know, the offense coming around the corner. If the, if the offense can turn a corner, I, they're going to be really hard to beat this year. Okay. Another thing is special teams, which, you know, it's really hard to get, uh, get a handle on that. And also like during the season, there's not, you know, there's not a lot of data points there, but I don't, it, couple people at practice were saying, you know, it doesn't look like we're going to be that much better. So that's another wild card. But, I mean, we were shit last year. So I don't know if it's how it's possible to be worse. Well, how are we not better? How could you not be any better? I mean, Peyton Henry has a lock on the job. We're not, you know, Soderbergh's obviously out of that role. Tim Warren is the uh, kickoff guy. He's the kickoff specialist. Uh, yeah, I think Whitford, Whitford... You expect Whitford to have a really good year. I mean, he's been here a couple years now. This will be his third year. Uh, he's got to be damn good. He, he can't have shit kicks this year. Like, no random bizarre kick. He's got to be day, game in, game out, rock solid, punting the ball. No more like 30-yard uh, punts? No, no, no. He's got to be on point every kick. So before we get to questions, Jimmy, it sounds like, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I mean, unlike, uh, I guess I'll, I'll throw in my opinion. Unlike last year, I do think there is a chance that this could be a special one loss season. However, I could also see potentially three losses. So there is a little bit of variance, I think. Yeah, I agree. I'm talking regular season. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I got you. Now, we'll hit Q&A really hard because I, I know you got to go. We're late on time. Me too. Um, so, are we doing predictions too? Uh, the schedule. I, I feel like the key stretch of the schedule, Jimmy, is that USC game at home and then at Stanford. Yeah. I mean, that is such a key stretch. If yep. we, even look, if we lose to USC but we beat Stanford, that's one loss. And I'm pulling out my beautiful schedule here, sent yeah, to me by Metric Superiority Guy. Thanks, Superiority Guy. Yeah, I need to send one to Jimmy too. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll tweet the link because there is a link where you can have this on your computer. Yeah, it's beautiful. But Jimmy, yeah. I think let's say we lose to USC but we beat Stanford. I mean, the rest of the season at Arizona, Oregon, Utah at home, uh, at Oregon State, at Colorado, Wazoo at home. I mean, if we win that Stanford game, we could run the table after that. Absolutely. In the BYU game, I mean, that's, you know, I think I saw Bill Connolly or somebody else had him projected to be around number 40 or 45. That's a grass field. We suck on grass. Uh, BYU, they're a dirty team. I know that we killed them last year, but that's just... I think that's going to be a tougher game than the average person thinks. Well, that really sucks because I don't want to see a BYU loss. 
So that that three game stretch at BYU, USC at home, at Stanford. Um, to but me, the thing about a loss to BYU and USC doesn't hurt their chances for a Pac-12 championship. Correct. So I mean, if you're gonna have a couple losses, those ones. I guess, like, I don't want to see any loss, but I guess those are okay. But I, I think USC, from the mentality that, you know, we lost them the last time we played, and, you know, we do we have kind of wilted against certain teams, and I just think, you know, we win that, we'll be at home. I just think, you know, winning that game can give us a shot of confidence. So we'll see. And then Stanford on the road, we have not won there in a long time. You know, we really, it was really a bad game. We played there two years ago. I know you went to that. We really. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to get uh, in. We really should have won that game, but you know, but we're pussies, unfortunately. Next question. Cry. Let's go. All right. Next. All right. So why do you pot so much? Are you trying to make us look bad? It's from Coker. Yeah, it's all about making you guys look bad deep down. Yes. <laughs> We're trying to get a leg up, man. Why does the media not see Easton as an upgrade from Browning? Why do they think the offense will struggle? How does anyone not know we didn't have a vertical passing game last year? Because all the media does is look at headlines and that Browning was a four-year starter, played as a freshman, Threw a Pac-12 record number of touchdowns. Threw for, like, what, 12,000 yards. Went to a playoff appearance. That's all because of Jake Browning's greatness. All time winning his QB in the Pac-12. Look, I mean, that's easy to say, right? Like, oh, how's Easton going to replicate it? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, Browning had... Dante and Ross for a year. I mean, he threw for 45, what, 43, 45 touchdowns that year? 43, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the media is, it's all, it's all, they don't, there's no in-depth analysis. It's just, they just gloss over everything. Yeah. Why do they think the offense will struggle? Well, the smart people just think it will struggle because it has struggled in recent years. That's where there's some skepticism. And right. yeah, how does anyone not know we didn't have a vertical passing game last year? Because most of these people don't watch all the games. Yeah, you know, they just and then you can't count returning starters. Like that's not the be all end all for projecting teams. I know yeah. that that's what people love to do. Oh, returning starters. Arizona returned eight starters up from their defense. How did they look against Hawaii? I think Hawaii is still running. Atrocious. I mean, what they gave up fifty points and they had like six turnovers, two at the same time. Yeah, I mean, they literally did not force a three and out. That I mean, that's, argument around, that's your argument around the Oregon offensive line. Just because four guys are returning doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be great. Yeah, number one, they weren't good enough to go pro. And number two, if you look at their stats from last year, the rushing S&P Plus was like, I think in the 60s, average yards per carry in the Pac-12 was fourth. So, yeah, it's just, you know, returning starters and, and – Someone says, oh, they have the best, you know, offensive line, and then people just regurgitate that. And even yeah. even Pat Forty of Yahoo Sports, he said Oregon's gonna go thirteen and oh. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> what the fuck? Dude, that's why the media is a joke, man. That's why nobody 
So nobody trusts the media, man. Nobody likes it because it's a bunch of bullshit. Oh, yeah. Speaking of the media, Jimmy, 710, G. Scott, Mike Salk. I think they were saying we got to go with Hayner because he's yeah. more accurate or a better quarterback. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah. What's his face? Don't even get me started, Chess. It's too late for this. Unbelievable. I mean, G. Scott says Washington's not going to do, they're not going to make a New York Six Bowl. New Year's, excuse me, New York, New Year Six Bowl, you know, for the next three out of four years. Uh, just taking cheap shots. Salk's a joke. Like Salk and that guy Tom, I'm blanking on. Those guys are so, at Wassel, they're so angry. I, Wassel got a timeout, man, because he basically threatened Stelton. Like Bob, like they're arguing about Andrew Luck retiring and. <laughs> And Wassel was like, or Stelton asked, hey, can you please stop yelling? He's like, just stop yelling. And uh, Wassel's like, well, what are you going to do about it? He's like, well, (laughs) Stelton's like, well, we're not going to have a productive show. And uh, Wassel hasn't been on the show. Like, he wasn't on the rest of the show, and he wasn't on today. I think he got a little time out. I mean, he was, like, screaming on the radio. And Bob Stelton was like, hey, can you stop yelling? Okay, first you need to stop yelling. And then Wass is like, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> like, Bob Stelton's like an MMA guy. Like, I think Wassel's not, like, the the biggest dude. Like, Stelton would mop the floor with you, pal. Like, he knows that. Like, he's going to be... He's going to be a gentleman toward you. I don't know. It was hilarious. But that whole show, that whole station's a total wreck. It's a total mess. I mean, Salk's in charge of it. It's, I couldn't even imagine what it's like to work internally in there. It's probably just a total dysfunctional mess. Yeah, you know, speaking of um, loud voices and big mouths, I'm being informed by my boss right now that the whole neighborhood can hear me. So, oh. so maybe I should... Maybe I, yeah, next pot I'll, I'll close the window. But anyway, I'll try and tone it down for the rest of these questions. But I, I love the, yeah, I love the 710. Look, I will say this about 710, Jimmy. Um, tell me. Jake Heaps is the only one on there who should be allowed to talk Husky football. That includes Brock as well. Yeah, sure, yeah. Heaps is, should be the only guy. He actually, and he said that the Huskies, the offense has to have an identity this year. No question, and that's one thing Pete has always talked about. Like, we don't need an identity. We just run plays. Like, no, no. Actually, that's not how. That's not how it works. Uh, I think that's a wrong approach to offense. Okay, next question. Yeah. Outside of Cam, which true freshman has the biggest impact? Watu, Puka, other... From the sounds of things, I got it. I've got to give it to Latu. It it sounded like at times he was unblockable. Chest like the offensive line, which is quite experienced, a good talent. He was giving him fits. So, I'm giving it to Latu. McDuffie, I think, has a shot. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, the practice that I saw, I, I wouldn't say Latu was, like, beasting guys, but you could definitely see I him. I heard 
beasting that. He, he was showing potential. For a true freshman, you're like, okay, yeah, that guy's going to be good. So I, I don't know. It, well, sometimes you just have to play him and see what happens. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Cam Williams definitely. I, I, I really want to see Cam Davis get some touches because I think he could really explode up the death chart. Next question. It, 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 probably, and the one thing with freshmen, they'll they'll make a bigger impact the last half of the season. Um, after watching the Arizona Hawaii game, I'm putting the number of takeaways the dogs ha- have against these two teams at a combined nine point five. Over or under? Under. I, I think you know that's a first game of the year. It's damn early. I mean, yeah, at Hawaii too. Last year was that maybe that Australia game was. I think uh, that's an early game. I, Arizona was like 45 minutes late to the stadium because of they didn't have security taking their buses. Um, that stadium was a joke. There was no one in it. Uh, I think the turnover turnovers will be less. Yeah, plus Arizona tends to be much better at home. That game was just too early. Too early in the year. Didn't feel right. Next question. Would it surprise you if Pounds, Pachelia, and Fuller played for Eastern Washington? Uh, Fuller, yes. The rest, no. Next question. What's the biggest trap game this year? I don't, you know, Jimmy, looking at the schedule, I don't know if we'd really have a trap game. Maybe, I, maybe Colorado at the end of the year. I would say BYU. No. That's my answer. Yeah, I'm going with Cal. Nice. So Cal for you, BYU for me. Yeah. Where are the Husky Twitter and bow down to Washington people tailgating this weekend for the Eastern game? Ooh, I don't know. Well, I, I did. There was a tidbit there saying that you can get day of game parking pass to E1 for 35 bucks in cash. So I don't think I will be tailgating in E1 this weekend. However, are you going to the game, Jimmy? Of course. Where are course. your seats? I don't know, man. I got the uh, Husky Pass uh, package this year. So they put, you don't know until two hours before kickoff, apparently. Oh, you know what? I take that back. I am not using those tickets. I'll be with family. With one of your two dads? Yeah. Uh, I'll be on the uh, overhang, about uh, four or five rows off the overhang on the south side about the 25 somewhere in that realm nice how about you you go into the game yeah Jeff? you know i i i, I, I want to give away tickets like i'm inspired by what tony did shout oh. out to tony for doing that actually i can i can transfer my uh my husky pass tickets to somebody so i'd be i'd be happy to do that as well is that just one ticket or you got two Two tickets. Okay, so you're gonna you're gonna transfer your Husky Pass to someone, and I'm gonna buy two seats. So yeah, all right. Well, I'll tweet about it. That's awesome. 
you're buying two seats for yourself or for somebody else? Uh, just for somebody else. I mean, I'm going to go to the game, but I, I want to do Look, the, I was really inspired by what Tony did and also what Coker and Dennis did. Um, I, I think, you know, look, the athletic department, it's clear that... Okay, I, I don't want to be too critical, but they... It's clear that the way things are going to improve, it's going to have to be us people that actually make the effort to change these things. And if, you know, people are inspired to give away tickets here and there, maybe it'll, maybe a groundswell will happen. Maybe it'll have a big impact. So, yeah, I'm happy to hear that you want to give your tickets away. But, Jimmy, we have to figure, who should we give them to? What kind of, should we have a contest or something? What should we do exactly? I don't know. It's just... Someone that'll actually use them. So we'll we'll punt. We'll punt. the details. You can t- Twitter it out. Let's yeah. go. Okay. Yeah, we'll figure that out later. Okay. A couple more. Was Pete blowing smoke about Easton barely edging out Hainer for the starting job? If so, for what purpose? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think he was. It must have been. For what purpose? I just think he he wanted to remove the pressure from Easton, but you know the other side of that is this is a guy who started as a true freshman in the SEC so of course he can handle pressure well I think part of it was to keep Hayner around and that Pete wanted a backup with experience I, Pete wanted Hayner to stay he didn't want him to leave yeah so I think that was part of it why do fans seem so obsessed with the offensive system with a QB who doesn't Seem to be able to play in the NFL. The team came within 10 points in three games of being undefeated with a bunch of wide receivers being coached by a future bank employee. <laughs> Shout out to Brian Mueller for that great tweet and question. Well, you start you start answering it. Yes, sir. That's a good point. Hey, I mean, if we, you know, if we get out there and the defense doesn't lose a step and the offense with Eason is suddenly transformed, then this team's going to be better than last year, and it's got a shot to be 11-1. and one. It's all there for the taking. We'll see what happens. But at the same time, let's remember, I mean, this is why metrics are important, and we were pretty good in the metrics, but last year, you know, if Stanford throws a touchdown on the last play of the game, the end of the season is looking much different. So... Yeah, we were. I think we were 11 or 12 in the metrics consensus last year. But, you know, the team really, really wasn't that great. But you know what, Jimmy? You win the conference, you go to the Rose Bowl, that's all that people remember. Next question. Does two, Do the two deeps mean that much? Chris Peterson plays lots of guys that are not on the two deeps. Yeah, nice, I think, op, nice observation. Yeah, I think you can take it with a grain of salt. Personally. Yeah, I don't think it means much. Next question. That's it, brother. The next question is me for you. All right, pick our record this season. Dude. Uh, we're going to go 9-3. and three. Ooh. What are the losses going to be? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think, uh, unfortunately, like, a game that they shouldn't lose. Stanford. Um, and... So, like, Arizona, Stanford, Utah. Ouch. So, we're going to be in the Alamo Bowl? 
Probably. We're not going to win the North. So Stanford's going to win the North. Yeah, Stanford, I think, probably has a ch- will have a good chance. Where does Oregon play Stanford? Where's that game play? At Stanford. Uh, yeah, I think Stanford's going to be in a good position. Especially if they beat USC week two. Yep. Are we getting to prediction? Like, what's our record? You do record, then we'll do prediction, then let's go. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say we go 10-2. and two. Okay, I... I Last weekend with some friends, I picked it, so I'll go with the same picks. Okay, just to keep it. Uh, so I got ten and two losses are Utah and Stanford. Yeah. And so we'll, and we, we, we'll, we'll BYU. You're worried about BYU. Yeah, so. I'm worried about BYU, USC, Stanford. I think that's a tough three game stretch. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think we'll have two losses. I think we're going to win the North and we will play Utah for the championship. I think my prediction for the South is Utah 1, UCLA 2, USC 3, and after that I don't know or care that much. Oregon, Oregon, Utah's going to be 9-3, Oregon's going to lose 3 or 4 games. What about you? Do you have a, Do you want to pick the South, brother? I, don't, I have no interest in picking the South. Utah will win the South. After that, I don't care. So Utah against Stanford, that's your conference. No, Utah and Arizona State will be 1-2. Wait, okay. Very, yeah. Very good. Now your prediction for the Eastern game. 26-13, Washington. 26-13? <laughs> Eastern scores lots of points. <laughs> I think our defense will hold them. 26-13. I'm going to go with 37-24. to 24. Same margin of victory. All right. I also have BYU upsetting Utah and Auburn beating Oregon. Outstanding, sir. Outstanding. I don't think we're going to score 37 points, unfortunately. Oh, we will. Okay. Hope you're right. Yeah, small defense. Okay. All right, we'll find out in a few Remember the Easter game of 2014? We figured out we could just keep running over them. Yeah. You know, and then that that stopped all the bullshit. But we didn't have a defense then. Well, I think Dick Newton's going to have a big day. Jimmy, what's the first play going to be? Uh, first play is going to be like a short intermediate pass. The first play is going to be play action. Eason will be sacked. <laughs> I hope not. Who's going to Who's going to score the first touchdown? Savon Ahmed. I'm going to say Quentin Pound scores the first touchdown. It's going to okay. be a deep, a deep bomb from Eason. Okay. Sixty yard throw. I hope you're right, pal. I'd be. It could be his only touchdown. And he'll get hurt making the catch. Side note, for all you football fans, the NFL's in a decline. The game of football is in trouble. Oops. Just keep that in the back of your minds. Andrew Luck is not... There's going to be more surprising retirements. Gronkowski's already out there talking about 
how miserable his life was in the last little while playing football. He's advocating for CBD oil. The NFL's got to get with the times. They are lagging in the old white rich mentality. They've got to wake up because the stadium crowds are floundering. College football is experiencing the same thing. Do not go to an 18-game season. Like, you're just... You're not doing the sport any favors. The NFL has some work to do. That's going to impact every level of the sport. Well, they're they're going well to have to. They're going to have to figure out ways to keep people healthier without diminishing the game any more than it already has. But they're going to have to invest in these guys' health at all levels and a greater capacity if we're going to enjoy this game for years to come alright Jimmy give me a couple breakout Husky players for this season before we sign off well Molden check Ahmed yeah I I think Molden and Ahmed are my breakouts yeah I'm going to go Joe Tryon and I'm going to go Eason and and Joe Tryon alright I like it okay good job alright buddy great work we did it now you can get to bed yeah on that note everybody thank you for tuning in (coughs) <coughs> I'm about to choke to death <coughs> and right. we, will, we will tweet about giving away those two tickets yeah. so All right. cumulatively that's four tickets we'll be giving away well so, a, hopefully the people go that's all that matters yeah alright fuck yeah brother so we'll tweet about that adios alright thanks everybody talk to you next time